0: Well, y'all, throughout the year, I usually group my messages into series so we can tackle those subjects thoroughly. But in the summer, we change things up. June and July, we bring you something different each week. Different speaker, different subject. Have you guys enjoyed it? Did you guys enjoy Tim last week? What a blessing. Yeah. And Darla, thank you guys all for being a part of that summer series. But this is the last week of our summer adventures, and I have quite the message for you today. We're going to go out with a bang. And then next week, I'm going to start my series on the promises of God, because we must live in his promises during these last days. We are the laborers of the harvest, and to think that we can do it without the promises of God, ain't going to happen. We got to know how to live in his promises. That all starts next week, but today you better buckle up, because I'm about to deliver a message that will probably make my previous controversial messages look like child play. And Mason was asking me this past Friday, he says, how's your message coming along? I said, it's going to be a doozy. And his response to that was, well, aren't they all doozies? I was like, looking back, I was like, yeah, I guess so, pretty much, for the past two years at least. But it's not intentional. I don't get up here to be controversial. I'm not, how can I be controversial this Sunday? No, that's, that's not my motivation. I just get up here to deliver the message that God wants me to deliver. And I'll be honest, I tried to get out of this one. It all started during my morning quiet time this past Monday, and as I was reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit started stirring this message in my spirit, only I didn't think it was for me to deliver. I thought it was for Beth to deliver. So that morning, I was really excited to tell her about the message that she was supposed to deliver, and uh, she just looked at me and said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, okay, I'll just let the Holy Spirit deal with you. And then the next morning during my quiet time, the Holy Spirit started to expand on this message out of nowhere. I thought I had gotten out of it, but I quickly realized, oh, this is for me to deliver. I guess Beth is off the hook. I don't tell the Lord no when he puts messages on my heart. I just preach it regardless of the persecution that comes afterwards. I even put it online so I can get some more persecution. It's great. But this time I chuckled a bit nervously and I was like, God, are are you sure? Like you want me to do this? Anybody else? No, I was by myself. And later that day, I stumbled upon a video of a bold preacher in Australia preaching that same message that he was stirring in my heart. And even more confirmation came after that. It was awesome. But I'm still wondering if this is for Beth to deliver. So, babe, I was thinking, maybe we can do tongues and interpretation. I'll deliver the tongue, and you can deliver the interpretation. Come on, let's do it that way. Uh, She says no. All kidding aside, here we go. I'm about to stir up more demons than I probably ever have in all my previous messages, and at this point, it's just fun. It's fun to stir up (laughs) demons. But if you receive God's word today with thankfulness, you will step into a new level of freedom. That's what God has for you today. This message is going to help you. So here's the title of today's message. Talon, you were asking me, and I held back. I didn't tell you, but now you get to know feminism in the Bible. Got a chuckle up here. Yeah, that's what I did, too, whenever the Lord gave me this message. So the Lord gave me the assignment to expose feminism. Me? Beth, are you sure? I'm sure mom will hold the baby. (laughs) But I'm sure you can see now why I was so shocked whenever God asked me to do this. I've tackled the LGBTQ issue. I've tackled the abortion issue. I've even tackled the race issue. But I think all of that was just a warm-up for what's going to happen today. Of all the controversial subjects, this has to be the most avoided subject in church. It has to be, but ladies, if you receive the word of God today with thankfulness, it will change your life in a good way. It'll set you free, and you will find peace. So let me start by clearing the air. You guys know full well that I'm not one of those preachers who devalue women. You know that. You know that. I mean, you fully. Re- I fully. You fully realize that by the way I treat the women in my life. You can't label me as some sexist bigot because I've proven otherwise in this church. So to all my false accusers, shut it because you're lying. <laughs> All you have to do is examine how I treat my wife, my three beautiful daughters, my mom, my grandma, and all the ladies in this church. You guys are super valuable. I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be here without you. Women are just as valuable as men. This message today is not a question of your value. It's to expose how the enemy has destroyed God's design for women. So feminism, let me define it for you. According to the dictionary, this is organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. It all started in the late 1700s. It's been going on that long. And it, like most things in woke culture, it started mostly innocent. Women simply wanted the same access to education that men had. And then Susan B. Anthony, anybody heard that name? She came onto the scene to take it to the next level. She spent her life advocating for women's voting rights and for women to have equal pay for equal work. So far, so good, right? I mean, I think we would all agree that women should have access to the same education, that they should be allowed to vote, and they should have equal pay for equal work. It's all sounding so good on the surface, but it gets a little bit gnarly whenever you dig into the details and look behind the scenes. You see, this was at a time in history when childbirth was dangerous, A large percentage of women would die during childbirth just because of the lack of medical advancement at the time. So the feminist leaders, they used this to their advantage and convinced many women that children were a burden and not worth the risk. Plus, women shouldn't be tied down to the house. They should be able to have a career if they want to. I think we still hear that one today, right? Why did all this happen in the 1800s? Because it was during the Industrial Revolution. Leading up to this point in history, women had the fulfillment of planting a garden to feed their families. I mean, they planted these seeds months ago. They got to watch their garden grow, produce this harvest to feed their families and their communities. I mean, that's fulfilling, and that's awesome. They sewed clothes to keep their family warm, that prior to the Industrial Revolution, they just had a huge and fulfilling assignment in the home. Women were a boss back then, right? Can you imagine doing all that? But now our picture of a homemaker is a woman who keeps the house clean, looks pretty, and watches soap operas all day. It's a false perception, but it's why so many people devalue stay-at-home moms. Back in the 1800s, there was no birth control. Many women actually renounced sex. They said, I'm not having sex, so they wouldn't have to worry about kids, and they could advance their careers. But Margaret Singer, she came to the rescue in the early 1900s. She opened the first birth control clinic in America, which later became Planned Parenthood. Now, women could have sex without the nuisance of children. Talk about a win for feminism. You can have sex without consequences and focus on your career. Awesome. According to feminists, this should have been the time in history when women were the happiest. They should have been so happy. But look at some of the advertisements of the day. This is hilarious. So this says, this is an advertisement. It says, now she can cope as long as she takes this anxiety medication. A daytime sedative for everyday situational stress. And in the, in the picture up here, you'll see a kid tying up her mom with some yarn and mom's happy about it. This is so much fun. <laughs> this is so fun. Here's another one. Now she can cook breakfast again. All it takes is more to dine. Take a little pill and you guys can cook. I didn't know all you got to do is take a pill to cook a good breakfast. Well, let's try that out. So in the 1960s, all kinds of new medications came on the scene to help women deal with their anxiety. But why were they so anxious? I thought they were getting everything they wanted. Hmm. They had the ability to prevent pregnancy. Hey, they could even terminate pregnancy through abortion if they wanted to. They could get out of the house and pursue their career. Yet for some reason, women became more anxious than they had ever been. History's is interesting, isn't it? They no longer had to grow a garden. They could just run to the store. They had automatic washing machines and vacuums and all this technology to make homemaking easier. Why are you so stressed out? Why? Yet they were so stressed out that these meds became all the rage. And how could this be? I thought things were getting better. Another interesting thing that you should know about Margaret Sanger, the one responsible for making birth control mainstream, is that she believed in eugenics. Eugenics, what is that? It's the practice of trying to improve the human gene pool by preventing the reproduction of people with undesirable traits. Let me put it to you in plain English. The whole reason Margaret pushed birth control was to lower the population that she saw as the lesser of society, the poor and people of color. That's why birth control and Planned Parenthood clinics are made easily accessible to these groups of people. They put them in poor neighborhoods, in neighborhoods where people of color live. It's on purpose, because people like Margaret want to eliminate people they don't like. How do you feel about birth control now that you know its roots? How do you feel about abortion now that you know its roots? Hopefully you didn't like it beforehand. But if you did, hopefully you don't like it now. By the 1970s, feminism had led us to a place where male leadership was rejected, motherhood was a curse, and children were a burden. Feminism even made it acceptable to kill babies through abortion, and they paved the way for sex without boundaries. Who cares what God designed? I'm going to do what I want to do and who I want to do. Feminism. Isn't it lovely? No? Turns out anything outside of God's design doesn't end well. (laughs) It all started with women working to override men to get the same education, and now here we are. Women think they have the right to kill their own babies. Heck, it's gotten so bad that feminists don't even know what a woman is anymore. Man. So now that you know the history, I have a question for you. Is feminism really about gender equality? Or is it the enemy working to destroy God's design for women? There's an undeniable fact in the Old Testament and the New Testament it's confirmed in Scripture over and over and over from the front to the back. And here it is, God-designed man as head of the household. <laughs> Ladies, you can skirt around this all you want to. Do, 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 do You can make all kinds of excuses as to why your man shouldn't be head of the household. But God's not going to back you up. You're going to be all by yourself in that. God's design is for man to lead his household. And I get it. There's a lot of sorry men out there. They have no clue how to lead their household. But you can't fix this problem by trying to take over his role. You are always better off submitting to God's design and trusting God to help your man. He's the only one that can do it. You see, the enemy is always working to get us to believe that God's way is oppressive And man's way is freedom, right? That's why the world hates boundaries and it hates structure. The world wants to do what it wants to do, when it wants to do it. It's all about me and how I feel. I have to be the one in charge. Don't put me in a box. I can do whatever I want to do. Have you adopted the world's mindset? Because that's what it sounds like. People of God don't live like this. We honor the boundaries that God has given us in Scripture, We submit to his structure for life. And you know, boundaries are good because they were designed by God. Imagine if the ocean didn't have boundaries. We'd all drown. We'd all be dead. We actually prefer boundaries until we're taught not to. There was a study that observed kids on two different playgrounds. One of the playgrounds had a fence around it. The other playground did not. And when the kids were on the playground with the fence, they explored more of the playground than they did when they were on the one without the fence. So it turns out we actually feel more freedom to explore whenever we know what the boundaries are and understand the structure. God was specific in his design for males and females, very specific. Both are equal in value, but they are unique in their role. Both are equal in value. They are unique in their role. And we find this in the book of Genesis. God created man first out of the dust of the ground. So if you ever wondered why men are so dirty and so stinky, (laughs) now you know we come by it naturally. (laughs) So there a man was, he was by himself in the garden, and here's the assignment that God gave him. And this assignment was given before Eve was ever created. Genesis 2.15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. From the beginning of time, man's role has been to tend and to keep. Let's break out these two words in the original language. Tend. It means to serve another by labor, to work. All right? To keep, to have charge of, guard, protect, and preserve. Men are designed by God to labor and to lead. Why did I not get an amen from any of the men in the room? (laughs) We are to work for the benefit of others, and we are to protect others no matter what the cost that is what a man looks like. Ladies, you should be saying amen, because I know most of this message is pointed towards you, but I'm talking to the men right now. You got a role too. And you know, sometimes to protect others, you have to do things that they don't want you to do at the time. Like to protect your kids from a bellyache, you have to say, all right, you ain't getting any more ice cream. You're done. <laughs> but, but, but Nope, you're done. To protect my church, I have to stand up here and say things that you don't like. And I've had to run off everybody who's controlled by deceiving spirits to protect you. Men, if you are diligent, if you are not diligent with your work, and you are not protecting your family, you are living outside of God's design. Get your butt to work. Get to work and do what it takes to protect your family. Now, let's take a look at God's design for women. Men, I know, you're going to have to sit on that for a minute. (laughs) Women's turn. All right. Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I'll make him a help meet for him. Ladies, the whole reason you came into existence is because man couldn't do it by himself. (laughs) Come on now. So when you start thinking, he sure needs some help. You're right. And you're the one to come and help him. He needs your help. From the beginning of time, a woman's role has been to help Man. He can't do it without you. So go ahead and remind you, your husband, of that right now. You can't do it without Go ahead, wives. This is your chance. Remind your husband. He can't do it without you. I know I can't, babe. You're right. So you may remember that God took a rib out of Adam to create Eve. This means that woman literally completes man. She brings the missing rib to the table. But it only works when we submit to the structure that God has designed. Men must work, men must lead, and men must protect. Women must help their man by submitting to his leadership. Oh, man, I said the dirty word. Submission. Submit. Let me explain why you hate that word so much. (laughs) You see, back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were having a good time. They were naked and unashamed. Just imagine the fun they had. Yeah. My grandma's up here saying, yeah. (laughs) Then one day, Eve started talking to a serpent, which was Satan, doing what he always does, trying to convince Eve to question what God had said. Did God really say you can't do that? He's probably just trying to keep something from you. Has the enemy ever tried that on you? I mean, it's his age-old trick. He just keeps at it. God created this beautiful garden, and then he set up a boundary. You can eat anything except this one tree. Interestingly, God gave this command to Adam before Eve was ever created. So Eve didn't hear the instruction from God. She heard it from her husband. When Satan said, did God really say you must not eat that fruit? He was trying to get Eve not just to question God, but to question her husband's leadership. Eve probably thought, did Adam really hear from God? I mean, he's pretty dumb sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, you're laughing because you thought it too. (laughs) So Satan convinced Eve that she could become more like God if she ate this forbidden fruit, and so she ate it. And get this, Adam was just sitting there, watching this whole thing go down. He was there, and he never said a word. So let's address the elephant in the room. Adam was being a passive husband, not a leader, and definitely not a protector. If Adam was fulfilling his role in this moment, he would have stepped in, he would have stopped the conversation between Eve and the serpent, and he would have thrown the serpent out of the garden. That was Adam's role. But Eve stepped out of her role as well. She thought... I'll be the leader this time. Adam, let me do all the talking. I got this, babe. Eve was the original feminist. So after they ate the forbidden fruit, their eyes were open, and for the first time, they felt shame about their nakedness. Cue the beginning of sexual struggle between husband and wife. Oh, if we could live back in the days of naked and unashamed, there'd be at least twice as many kids in this room right now. (laughs) When God showed up at the scene, guess who he called out for? The one who committed the sin first? Nope. He called out to Adam. God will always honor his structure. He designed man to be the leader, so that's who he will go to first. Uh, I need the ladies to close your ears for a minute for this next one. Men, you got to stop listening to your wives when you know that they're wrong. I know, it, it, makes for, it, it makes for a painful experience at home. I, I know. But when God is leading you and she is disagreeing, you follow God. It'll work out in the end. You may have to weather the storm. All right. God held Adam responsible because Adam was the leader. You will be held responsible if you let your wife go astray. When you should be there protecting her and helping her. Leading her. If you fail to lead and protect your wife when she's headed in the wrong direction, you, men, you are the one who will answer to God. The same is true in the church. He always honors his design for structure. God does. I can't tell you how many times I've had people show up to the church for the first time, their first time ever in this building, with a word from God about what needs to change in our church. God sent me here to tell you this. If God wants something to change, he's going to tell me or one of our leaders here. God always honors structure. He is not going to correct the church through some random person showing up. So if you believe that you're called here to correct me or to change this church, you might as well go find another church because I ain't falling for it. You can probably find somebody who will, but it's not going to be me. If God wants something to change, he's going to tell me or one of our leaders here And you guys can rest in that because I'm listening. I'm listening to his instruction. And wives, the same goes for you. God is not going to correct your husband through you. Oh, snap. Did that slide out of my mouth? Wow. (laughs) Say it again. God is not going to correct your husband through you. He's going straight to your husband. And if your husband's not listening to God, he sure ain't listening to you. Reality check. So save yourself an argument and pray instead. Set yourself free. You are not responsible for your husband. Woo, praise the Lord. God is responsible. Trust God to take care of it. He is the only one who can take care of your husband. So you might as well step into peace and say, you know, I'm going to trust God with that sorry man over there that he will become a mighty man. Amen. Yeah, there you go. Lay your hands on him at night. Got some wisdom speaking up here. (laughs) Been through a few things, eh? So after this went down with Adam and Eve, God started dishing out consequences. He started by cursing the serpent, and then he moved on to Eve, and here's what he said. He said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Aha! We found the root of feminism. There it is. You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Feminism is part of the curse. It's part of the curse. It was Eve's punishment for sin. Before before all this went down, Eve was cool with Adam's leadership. But now she was going to covet that leadership role. She wanted to be in charge. Ladies, you need to understand the desire for power over men is rooted in sin. And all women struggle with it because of this. Some more than others. It's just a part of the fallen nature. So don't act like you don't struggle with it. It's okay that you do. Every woman in this room struggles with this. But through Christ, you have been redeemed from the curse. Amen. You can return back to God's original design and rest in your husband's leadership. Not because he does everything perfectly, but because you trust God's design. You say, God, if you design it this way, that means somehow this mess is going to work out. So I'm going to trust you. God's design for a woman is to be a helper for her man. God's design for man is to be a courageous, hardworking leader for his family and community. This is God's structure. If you don't like it, take it up with him. Don't come tell me about it. I can't change the word of God. You see, feminism distorts Christianity to make you believe that a woman is less than a man. But it's not true. That is not true. Let me take you to Scripture to help you understand. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, "...the head of every man is Christ." The head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. I've never heard anybody complain that the head of Jesus is God. Never heard it. We get it. We know that even though God is the head of Jesus, Jesus is not any less than God. We all get that. We get it. Likewise, man is the head of woman. That is God's design, but this doesn't make men more valuable than women. Both are equal in value. They're just unique in their role. It's a perfect parallel, and here's another way to look at it. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, For a husband is head of his wife, as Christ is head of the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Oh, that dirty word just keeps coming back. <laughs> Do you believe that the church should submit to Jesus? Yes. Have you noticed what happens when we don't? Yes. Look around. I know, your husband's not perfect like Jesus. I know that's what you're thinking. About. Yeah, that's Jesus, though. It's, 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 easy, it's easy to submit to Jesus. Jesus is perfect. My husband ain't perfect. But nowhere in Scripture are you going to hear God say, you only have to submit to your husband if he does everything right. <laughs> Beth is still searching for that one. She'll let you ladies know if she finds it. But that's not what it says, babe. It says submit to your husband in everything. That's where the blessing is. That's where you find fulfillment. That's where you find peace, when you submit to God's design. So let me ask you again, is feminism really about gender equality? Or is it the enemy working to destroy God's design for women? I used to think that abortion was the most destructive thing in our nation. And a close runner-up to that would be the LGBTQ plus movement. So you got the abortion mob and the alphabet mafia, And I'll, I'll be real with you, the abortion mob is more fierce than the alphabet mafia, because I've encountered both of them, and I'd rather fight the alphabet mafia. Woo. The abortion mob, they say some crazy things, but, but now I see that even both of those things are a result of feminism. What? Feminism has taken over our society. Women believe that they're better leaders, that they should have that role. And now men are vilified if they even try to step into the role of leadership, Feminism has succeeded in getting women to take over the role of men in our society, and as I look around, the results speak for themselves. Millions of fathers have left the home because there's no purpose for them there. Feminists have made it clear they're in charge and they don't need man. Millions of mothers have killed their babies in the womb through abortion. Millions of mothers have done this. And feminists have made it clear. Motherhood is a nuisance. Avoid it at all costs. Feminism has caused so much confusion that now people question their gender, something that's assigned to you before you were even born, by God Almighty. People even think that two men can get married and have babies. What the? All of this is a result of feminism. I'm not saying it was caused by women. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it was caused by women. It was caused by feminism, which is designed by Satan. It's a deception. And anything outside of God's design does not end well. When women take charge, this is where we end up. Not because women are less than men. It's because women are defying their God-given role and coveting a man's role. If you want peace and fulfillment in your life, there's no other way to deny, there's no other way to find it than to deny yourself and to submit to God's way. This goes for the men, this goes for the women. We all have to deny ourselves. Take up your cross daily and follow Him. His way is always the best way, and it will produce wonderful results. See, feminism, though, it's, it's everywhere. Every person in this room has been impacted by it over and over and over and over and over. So, I'm going to end today by asking you a few questions to help you determine if you've been infected with feminism. This is a reflective moment for us to have. So I'm going to ask the guys in the back, bring those lights down, go ahead and cue up that music. This is a moment to get real with yourself and it may hurt a little bit. Some of these questions, well, just close your eyes. Don't look at me. Okay. <laughs> so do you think that there are times when it's okay to take the lead role away from your husband? Do you believe there are certain instances when abortion is okay? Do you believe that your career is more valuable than raising children? Do you believe that being a stay at home mom is unfulfilling? Do you try to talk young couples out of having kids too soon or having too many kids? The Holy Spirit's doing a great work in this room. The invitation today from the Lord is, can I deliver you from feminism? Because it's tried to enter your life into so many different ways. It sneaks its way in. It seems innocent at first, but he's revealed it to you today and he's holding it in front of you and he's saying, can I take that? So you have the choice today to give it to him so that he can discard it forever or you can hold on to it and keep struggling but the only place you're going to find freedom and fulfillment and peace is to submit to the way God designed he designed it this way not to hurt you not to harm you but to bless you and to help you Some of you are going to be shocked. Some of you are going to be shocked by the amount of peace that comes into your life whenever you make this change. <laughs> All this time you thought that peace would come because you would be the one in charge and calling the shots and but then you find out when you submit to your husband like God designed, the peace just floods into your life. You step over here into your role which you were designed for and you find fulfillment. And you find joy. And now that I've exposed feminism, I want to read from Proverbs 31 so you can see what a godly woman looks like. This is amazing. It says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work. She is energetic and strong. She's a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. You know, that puts to rest the misconception that to submit to your husband means that you have to stay home and can't get out in the world and make a profit, build a business. Women can definitely do that. And Proverbs is the confirmation for that. Your dealings are meant to be profitable. There may be a season of your life where you need to stay home and care for your kids. That season doesn't last forever. She is clothed with strength and dignity. And she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. This is God's vision for you. This is God's plan for you, women. If you choose to abandon feminism, God will see to it that you become a Proverbs 31 woman. And I want to show you what the result is of being that woman, the woman you were designed to be, says, her children will stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Godly women are absolutely incredible. And how you get there is by becoming a woman who fears the Lord. This means you elevate God above everything else. Even when feminism looks desirable, you reject it because you know God's way is better. That's what it looks like to fear the Lord. Put God first and you will become Proverbs 31, woman. Not out of your own strength. I mean, some of y'all read that and you're like, I can't get up and cook breakfast. I'm too tired. God can come in and even fill you with strength for that so that you wake up with energy and excited about serving your family from the break of dawn to the time those wild kids go to bed. I'm glad to read that again. Let me go back here. Listen to this. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Praise God. I declare that over all the women in this room. In Jesus' name, God will equip you and he will provide everything you need to become this. He doesn't put this in the the scripture as like this far off idea that nobody can achieve. The fact that he put it in here means that you can walk in this. And how much more can you walk in it now that you have the new covenant, now that you have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, now that you have the Holy Spirit, how much more can you be a Proverbs 31 woman than those of the old covenant? You can do it. Rely on God. Rely on the Holy Spirit. You can't do it on your own, but you can do it with Him. All things are possible through Christ who gives you strength. Ladies, I want you to know that I value you. I think your role in the church and in the family is absolutely incredible. And I'm amazed at what you guys do what you ladies can do. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at my wife. She's caring for five young kids ages six and under the entire day when I can barely last an hour. It's incredible. I mean, women are incredible. The gifts you have, the purpose you have. Men needed a helper. (laughs) So he sent you Aren't you thankful? And a final word for the men in the room. Be a man that makes it easy for your wife to submit. Get to work. Labor. Be diligent with your work. Don't just show up to work and do the bare minimum and then go home and do nothing with your extra time. No, be diligent with your work. How can I serve my employer better? What can I do in the evenings to advance my career? What can I do to provide for my family better? These are the things that you should be spending your time on. Not what can I do for me? How can I have time for me? That's all a deception to you. That comes back to me, myself, and I. What's, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? No. Serve your family. Serve your community. Be a, be a husband that makes it easy for your wife to submit. And protect her. Protect her. She may, she will have moments where she tries to take that leadership role. She will. And it's up to you to be bold and courageous, even with your wife right in front of you, and say, it didn't work that way, babe. I love you, and so I'm going to protect you. I know every guy in the room is excited about those opportunities. Tim, I'm reminded of an opportunity that you had a few months ago that you told me about. But, you know, sometimes you just got to have those hard conversations. There no, you kind of have to work yourself up. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can face my wife. I'm telling you, you ladies are mighty. God designed you that way. You are valuable. Amen. Well, Lord, I ask you to seal this word today in our hearts. Help us to remember it even when culture is screaming their way at us every day. Bring your word back to our remembrance every time we need it. Help us to walk in your ways. Help us to be a display of your design for family so that people can watch us and see Oh, that's what God meant. Wow, that's awesome. We want to be a light to those around us That's shine and bright in these dark days. Families that are full of joy and full of peace. Families that are just accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God, serving others, helping those around them. That's who we are. And we thank you that you've given us everything that we need to be who you want us to be. That you don't expect us to do it on our own. You're not sitting up there watching us flounder and trying to figure it out. You're just waiting for an invitation to say, will you help me? Yes. So we ask you today, Lord, will you help us? Because I know you will. Thank you for giving us the helper, the Holy Spirit. anybody wants a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit today just hold your hands out in front of you and receive that from the Lord fill me to the top to overflowing with the spirit of truth with power with boldness all of that that comes from the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit take over I want all of you I want all of you fill me fill me fill me thank you We honor you today, God. Your ways are the best ways, and we submit to them. We submit to your ways and nothing else. In Jesus' name, Everybody say amen. Amen. Woo! Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.